life. Caterpillar to a butterfly. It's green and growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. Welcome back to Green and Growing, folks. I'm your host, Ashley Frasca. Glad you're along on a fun Saturday morning. We always have a good time together. And you can call the show, 404-872-0750. But right now, I want you to hear this interview. This is a really fun topic. I've got with me the director at the Southern Living Plant Collection, Kip McConnell. And Kip, what part of the country are you calling us from this morning? I live in Mobile, Alabama, so we're right on the Gulf Coast, Gulf of Mexico, and um, been here my whole life, actually. We are neighbors, and you know all about planting in the southeast, so welcome to the show, and welcome to the Atlanta audience here. Thank you very much. Good to be here. And I want to explain to folks how we determine a color of the year, okay? So Pantone is a provider of professional color language standards and all of these kinds of things, and they introduced a new blue shade, very Perry. And you think of blue, maybe a little bit of purple, a dynamic periwinkle blue. But Kip, the reason we bring you on for this conversation is because the Southern Living Plant Collection wants to introduce folks to beautiful plants bearing this color. Yeah, I mean, this has always been a really fun project uh, since they've started having these colors of the year. So we always try to use this to you know, bring a little excitement and kind of show off some of the plants that fit the color because we always seem to have something that fits. And this year is no exception. You know, one of the great new ones uh, we'll start with is something that a lot of people are familiar with, but we have a new version. It's called Vitex Summertime Blues or Chase Tree. But mm-hmm. this is a smaller version, only about four to five feet tall, but again has those beautiful bluish purple flowers in the summer. So I think it's a great fit to display this very peri color palette. Absolutely. And, you know, for us here in Metro Atlanta, I often find Vitex along the side of the interstate because it is a very sturdy small tree or shrub. And it reminds me of just an oversized, monstrous butterfly bush. But that's kind of what the blooms look like for folks, you know, that may not know what we're talking about. Exactly. Yeah, it's kind of like a spiky bloom. But a very showy in that summertime when you really want something and it's it's a little different than your crepe myrtles because it gives you that really blue color. So it's a really nice addition for that summertime to add that little cooler color to the palette. Love that. That's a fun one. And I'm sure with those blooms, it's attractive to birds and wildlife too, no? Oh, very much so, yeah. Again, the other thing that I love about Vitex is, like you said, how sturdy they are. I mean, they're very hardy, very easy to grow. And uh, I think, you know, anyone can be successful with a Vitex. Yes, and it's nice to have this summertime blues Vitex that may only get five to six feet high. So, Kip, like you said, that's a little smaller. And as we go down the list here, most of these things are, you know, excitingly enough for spring and going into summertime, going to be very attractive to birds, hummingbirds, butterflies. And we know, you know, things are very trendy right now as far as wanting to attract the pollinators to your garden and we just spent the winter months with not much color not a whole lot to look at so let's keep telling folks where we can fit this very peri color into our landscape with these different plants of course encore azaleas is another favorite of ours too when we have a great variety called autumn lilac which is almost the perfect color for this show because it's just the, one of the most beautiful colors i think we have different than a lot of other azalea colors that fits very well this is a 
dwarf version, so it fits most gardens. And then another one that's really fun because it has so many uses is the uh, Chef's Choice Rosemary. So it's a dwarf rosemary, only going to get 18 to 24 inches high, but it has those beautiful blue periwinkle flowers. And again, this is because of its name, you can tell Chef's Choice Rosemary. It's got great oil content, so it's great for cooking. So it gives you that other usage as well. So it works well in the garden and even in mixed containers. Since you're an established gardener, Kip, I've got to ask, though, what's your favorite dish to pair with rosemary? Usually rosemary is chicken, but I also put it on top of steak, too. I'm not a big um, lamb but I know a lot of people use it for that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I like I like those two items to add a little bit of uh, extra, you know, fragrance to everything. Now, rosemary's a great one. Thrives in full sun, so we have to keep that in mind. And is this one of those plants that you're in the southeast region, Kip, along with us? Is this one of those things that may be better off potted because we're going to have to take it inside in the cold months? Yes, there there are. So this is zone, you know, eight to ten. So you know, in the Atlanta area, you're kind of on the border there. But the other good reason to put it in a container, too, is because this is like a Mediterranean plant. Mm-hmm. It doesn't like a lot of water. So, you know, if we some areas we plant it, if you have the really heavy clay soil or something, it's not going to like that. If you get it up in a container where it drains well, you're usually a little more successful with it that way, too. Plus, you can put it near where you're cooking, and that makes it, you know, more accessible. So another good version, too, um, and you mentioned, you know, for pollinators and insects and butterflies and things is the uh, nectar blue salvia. Mm. The salvias are very popular, and I love this color. This is a perennial. It has just got this gorgeous, you know, bluish-purple color on it. And, of course, salvias are very drought-tolerant, heat-tolerant, love the sun. So I think it's another good option to kind of bring this color into your garden. And some folks do find that deer aren't as attracted to salvia as they might be other things. So that makes it even more attractive, doesn't it? Hey, exactly. We get that question more and more every day. Is it deer resistant? <laughs> and, uh, you know, that's one of the things we look at when we're, you know, bringing new plants into the collection that has risen near to the top of the list on things that you like to look for. Isn't that something? So salvia is always a great one. Like you said, a magnet for bees and butterflies does really well here in Zone 7B for sure. And then some other options. Uh, we have a really nice collection of agapanthus. And they've become more and more popular. Even though it's on the edge of hardiness for the Atlanta market, it's still a worthwhile plant to have. It just has such a unique, you know, bloom on it. And we have some really great colors. We've got three varieties in the collection that kind of display this uh, bluish-purple, very peri color. Little Blue Fountain, which is a really dwarf one which is nice if you got a small container or a small space. And then Neverland Agapanthus, which has these nice variegated foliage along with the blue flowers. And then Ever Amethyst, which is actually my favorite of the group. I mean, it has a nice big, you know, traditional Agapanthus bloom, but not too tall. Uh, Get to about, you know, 20 to 24 inches tall. But, I mean, the color on this bloom is spectacular. It's one of the deepest of the very peri colors we have. It really is amazing. And like you said, in, in containers are useful as a cut flower. But for someone who's never seen agapanthus before, Kip, what would you say that it's relatable to? Like almost with that long stem, that stalk, it kind of reminds me of maybe like a hurricane lily or a you know naked lady lily or something like that, right? Because you see more yeah, stem. Yeah, it, it, that spike that comes up mm-hmm. and then it has that round, you know, just ball sphere of blooms at the top of that skinny spike. 
Uh, so really, really unique and uh, long-lasting, too. But okay. you'll get through the spring into the midsummer, you'll have blooms. And what's interesting is even when the flowers are spent and you just have the spike left, it's actually kind of attractive for a while, even after the blooms are gone. And don't worry, folks, if you're not sure of some of the plants that Kip and I are talking about, there are pictures on the Facebook page. When you search Facebook, search Green and Growing WSB, and you'll see the pictures that Southern Living Plant Collection has provided for us so that you can kind of get an idea of some of these. And what I love, too, Kip, is a lot of these being perennial plant at one time, take care of it. And if it's planted properly to begin with, it is going to come back. And like you said, agapanthus may be on the, the rim here for, you know, cold tolerance. But when we have mild winters like we have this year, guaranteed maybe if you throw some mulch over it, you know, that it will come back. Oh, very worthwhile to have. Like mm-hmm. I said, you know, it, you know, we just have to take a chance sometime to get some great plants in our garden. And then one little quick uh, aside, too, uh, you know, we talked about all these plants that have this beautiful color, but I always find that um, using different colored containers can add a color, and then you can match it with one of our other plants, you know, like gardenias, which have beautiful white, or, or even hydrangeas that have white flowers. If you had a, a very peri container mixed with that, oh, man, that would be really pretty. Yeah, and you know, it's funny, like all the nurseries always around July 4th, you know, in the middle of summer, are looking for those themes, those red, white, and blue themes. So you're always struggling to find a blue flower because you're like, oh, red and white, that's everywhere, you know, with geraniums or whatever. So a lot of these will be just fine in the summertime. Exactly. Oh, they love that. Yep, leaning toward a blue color. So let me ask you maybe about the salvia, with that being a heavy-blooming perennial, and the agapanthus as well. Tell us just really basic technique Let's plant it right, put it in the right spot, and then that way it's really going to thrive. Both of these plants don't like wet feet. They, they like to be well-drained. So one thing that I always like to tell people is make sure you either just, you know, build, build up your bed a little bit. Make sure you have good drainage for either one of these. And then again, both of them love to be in containers. So uh, container planting is, is very worthwhile for these as well. But other than that, full sun is better for both. Part shade is okay for agapanthus, but the salvia, the more sun you give it, the more blooms you're going to get. Water when needed, and they're, they're pretty easy. I love that, Kip. These are foolproof. Now, whether it's right now, this very time of year, or in a couple of months, a lot of these plants we're talking about from the Southern Living Plant Collection will be available at Pike Nurseries. Exactly. And don't hesitate to ask. You know, when you go to the garden center, if you don't see it, they know how to get it. You say, oh, I'm looking for this. And, and they, they know the suppliers, and they'll make the call and have it for you. Oh, I guarantee once folks see these pictures and they fall in love with this very peri color of the year, they're going to want it in their landscape. Well, Kip McConnell, director at Southern Living Plant Collection, we've enjoyed you bringing some bright color to an otherwise colorless winter now, getting excited for spring planting. Oh, Ashley, thank you for having me. I enjoyed it. And coming up in just about 10 minutes, Pike Nursery, along with some more colorful plants that you're going to enjoy putting in your landscape. Stay tuned. You're listening to Green and Growing on 95.5 WSB. Welcome back. That weather update brought to you by Finley Roofing. So a lot of you got excited about that conversation with Kip McConnell. And you saw the pictures from the Southern Living Plant Collection on the Green and Growing WSB Facebook page. 
And boy, the salvia was one of the most popular. Of course, everyone knows it for attracting pollinators and hummingbirds. And rosemary, such a simple thing to grow that you're going to get a lot of use out of in the kitchen for sure. And then uh, last but not least is that agapanthus. That was a new flower to me. And I just love the long bare stem and then the cluster of bright blue flowers at the top. And again, just thinking ahead to summertime when you're always trying to get patriotic, thinking of red, white, and blue floral displays, these in the very peri color actually at least give you some ideas. So thanks again to the Southern Living Plant Collection for giving us some of their time. And I know you're itching to know what to get into this weekend. Green, green, and growing. Ashley Frasca's top three things to do this weekend. One of my favorite parts of the show is putting this together, and it's simple. It's three things, yet it makes so much difference. Uh, about a month ago, I had a coworker who was dropping his wife off at the airport, listening to the show on the way back in the car by himself. And then a few days later in the newsroom, approached me and he was like, Hey, thanks for the advice on fertilizing my lawn, because I went home after I heard you on the show And I did just that. So see, when I make it less intimidating with just three simple things to do, if you do at least one of the three in the weekend or the week to come, you feel pretty accomplished. So number one, I know we've spent a lot of time these last few months cutting and pruning. Well, it's not too late to cut most of the green foliage off of tattered liriope, monkey grass, whatever you want to call it, liriope, People pronounce it differently, but a mower set to its highest setting may be the best tool for large areas. Uh, A small pad at my mailbox, I just got down with sharp pruners uh, for the smaller area and was able to cut it back. And lo and behold, I had some um, bulbs that were popping up through the monkey grass. So you never know what you might find. Number two, you can still plant roses. It's not too late. Now you need to pick a spot, though, where they receive at least six hours of sun a day and ideally more. But break up the dirt really well where they are to be planted, and that way they're going to get good drainage and the roots aren't going to struggle to grow into that hard Georgia clay. And number three, pansies have loved the cold weather and should still be thriving. And you got to think about snapdragons and primrose as well. So you want to keep those looking good for as long as you can, and they will, unless the weather just gets all of a sudden really, really hot. So throw a little bit of fertilizer on them. Since the soil is warming up, use any water-soluble houseplant fertilizer, or I have Osmocote pretty handy to do that. And speaking of Osmocote and houseplant fertilizer, real quick, just a couple of thoughts on that. As the weather warms up, we tend to want to bring some of our plants outside, right? Whether it's ferns or just the things that we've kept in the house through the winter. If you're going to start doing that, depending on the temperatures here for the rest of the month, do it slowly. Make it a gradual move to where you're just getting them a little bit of sunlight each day and not right in the direct sun. Nothing's going to burn the leaves quicker than putting them in the direct sun. So there is my advice to you. All right. As promised, coming up at the bottom of the hour, Pike Nurseries joins us and then a few more of your calls before we end the show at nine o'clock. Good morning. I'm glad you're here. I'm Ashley Frasca and it's green and growing, of course, on WSB. It's green and growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. 
Hey, welcome back to Green and Growing on 95.5 WSB. Thanks to Kip McConnell from the Southern Living Plant Collection talking about Very Perry, the Pantone Color of the Year, and sharing some plants with us that run in those colors. You know, my thought, blueberries are kind of that color, too. They have a blue, they have a purple. And I want to talk to Charles Lampkin, manager of the Marietta Pike Nursery location. We had a chance to catch up just a few days ago and talking about more burying fruit crops. Last weekend, we were together talking about strawberries. And Charles, what do you got for us now? We have your other uh, berry plants. We have blueberries, blackberries, and raspberries to give a few tips about today. That's so fun. And we made it really simple and really easy for folks with just a single or maybe two strawberry plants last Saturday. These are a little more involved because they're going to grow exponentially more so than strawberries. And some pruning is required. But let's not, you know, overwhelm anybody. They want blueberries. That's one of the simplest things. Let's start there. Blueberries are one of the most rewarding plants, our edible plants. You should get fruit within the first year of planting. Um, and we can start We can start right with the simplest rule here. The more varieties you can plant, the better your crop is going to be. Yeah. While there are some blueberries that say they are self-pollinating, I still recommend on getting as many varieties as your garden, as your containers will hold. The two, you know, names that folks hear us mention is rabbit eye and high bush. But even within those, there are different named varieties, you know, and that's where you're talking about kind of mixing and matching, maybe have two or three, right? Right. And we'll we'll start with the rabbit eyes first. Um, They are ones that are native to the southeast. These, while they can be in containers, these would rather be in the ground and they can get uh, they can get quite large, uh, six feet tall to four to five feet wide is not uncommon for some of these varieties and these are not self-pollinating so you will need to choose multiple varieties of of these Um, they tend to produce a more bountiful fruit for you than your high bush do Um, but again think about the space you have and and allow uh, proper spacing for these rather large uh, plants and it is possible to have them in uh, pots, but I guess, A, it just needs to be a really large pot, and B, you really have to keep up with pruning, right? Correct. And if you are looking for container blueberries, some of your high bush varieties are better. Okay. Uh, there's there's a fun variety called jelly bean or pink icing, pink lemonade, even bountiful blue, which is a tremendous uh, producer. Most of those varieties... A good thing about container gardens or small areas, they are self-pollinating. So even with one, you are going to get some fruit. But they're also more compact varieties, most of them not getting uh, much taller than three feet. So if you were looking for container blueberries, I would go with the high bush varieties. And if you can get one or two or three, your your crop and your yield that year should be better. And I liked during our conversation last week about strawberries, you mentioned varieties that were indeterminate or they only yield a crop in, say, June. Um, The good thing about blueberries, they seem to be indeterminate. I mean, you'll have blueberries throughout the season, won't you? As long as we have, as long as we have those good temperatures and, and, and good sunlight, you should see one major um, yield and then some smaller yields throughout into fall. 
Okay, perfect. Now, on to the next one, blackberries. And I've often gotten calls about this, Charles, folks intimidated because they think, oh, they've got thorns. It's just too hard to deal with. But you have good news. <laughs> I do have good news. Most of your varieties now are thornless. Wow. Even if it's the same variety that had thorns 10 years ago, science is great, and they've taken the thorns away. Wow. So look at that when you are picking out your blackberries, because, yes, that can be uh, – it's very rewarding when you get your blackberries and make your jam, but you don't want to uh, have uh, poke fingers at the same time. <laughs> and all self-pollinating, so that's good. And now raspberries. Raspberries are something that, too, is going to take a little bit more patience. But will we get a crop? If we go ahead and plant a raspberry right now, will we get a crop this same season? Um, I can't say. I won't say no. But those are going to take a little bit longer to mature. Okay. So if you do see anything, it's going to be fairly insignificant. Um, but still an easy, easy care plant. Um, unlike blackberries, which all of them are going to take some variety of staking and most of your raspberries too, there is a great choice for anyone that doesn't have the room for, for staking or, or a wide area. And that's called the raspberry shortcake. And it is thornless, it is dwarf, and it is rounded growth habit. So great for, for pots, small containers, or small areas. Raspberry shortcake. I like the name for that. So that could be a smaller little area, a rounded growth habit. That's fantastic. So that's okay, though. Now is the time to go ahead and plant these. And even though you can't really necessarily expect a big crop or, or much of a crop this summer, just be patient. And do we need to prune in between? Should we prune at the end of this year in anticipation for that, you know, bountiful first crop next year? If you are, um, for, for the blueberries, you can just trim to maintain the size. And okay. you would do that. You would do that in late, uh, late summer, early fall after the fruit is ended. For anything that you are staking or, or, or trellising, you want to really get that that growth and that shape and formation, and you might have to trim to train a branch or, or cane to go that way, but you will want to leave that intact and, and not do too much trimming until you have the shape desired. Um, so that's that. I'd hold off on trimming your blackberries and raspberries until you do get that shape that you desire. Perfect. Okay, so that's better news than I thought. Not as much pruning required as I thought. Now, talking about where we want to put these, um, we talked about maybe a high bush blueberry being a, a little bit better variety for a large container, but talking about blackberries and raspberries in general, we need a little bit of space. Um, and then what is the soil like? I know we probably shouldn't just pop them in the ground and expect them to do well. So get us started right, Charles. Right. So all these plants are are better in acidic soils. So um, looking at any soils you're purchasing, our bags, for instance, say camellia, azalea, rhododendron soil, all acid-loving plants. So that's what you're looking to to amend your soils. And you'll plant it like any other plant. You'll dig the hole very wide. Don't plant it too deep. And give it some good starter fertilizer at the beginning. Uh, once the plants are established, or possibly even the first time in the in uh, late summer, early fall, you can give it just a little bit of fertilizer to recoup it after the hot summer season. And then uh, the following spring, once everything starts kind of leaping and budding out again, they'll call for an acidic-loving fertilizer. I love cottonseed meal on my blueberries personally. 
sometimes this product is a little harder to find. So the good, trusted old Holly Tone brand is perfect for any acidic-loving plant. And the fertilization, as you just mentioned, that's kind of important. Now would be a good time to start thinking about that. As these plants are putting on new growth, that's really when they need the energy. So that's when they're going to benefit most from fertilization, right? We want to wake them up. You don't want to wake them too too early. It's kind of tough to tell with the temperatures right now. Um, But very, very soon you can hit them with that first one. And since they are fruiting plants, they require a little bit more fertilization than others. Okay, so all three, blueberries, blackberries, raspberries, will thrive in full sun, but can take maybe partial sun as well. Uh, Regular watering, and and you kind of alluded to that too, when they're planted properly and you don't dig the hole too deep and water doesn't, you know, stay down at the root level, they're going to be best. But when the temperatures really get kind of extreme, that's one plant that's worth checking and make sure it has the, the moisture that it needs. Definitely, especially, and really think about those plants if you have them in containers. They'll probably take a little more watering than if you have them in the ground during those uh, during those hot and dry days. And I can hear one or two people out there, Charles, I know I can hear them right now, just kind of sitting back with their arms crossed, and they're like, mm-mm, I'm not doing burying plants because the birds are going to get to the berries before I do. Well, what <laughs> do we do? <laughs> Yes, the birds need to eat too. Squirrels need to eat too. However, um, there are really, really cool ways, ways that are more aesthetically pleasing to the eye than than some people think. Uh, Some of your bird netting from 10, 15 feet away is almost uh, naked to the eye. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's that's what I recommend. If you're going to take the time and energy and, and you want and you want a good yield and harvest, it is it's best to think about some way to build a, a structure or support system for bird netting or, or other DIY ideas. Well, and Charles, the good thing about these two, Pike Nurseries guarantees all its trees and shrubs for life. That warrants repeating every single weekend. And these are included in shrubs, right? Blueberries, blackberries, they raspberries. They sure are. They sure are. And we're not We're not going to give you anything that we don't ourselves think is going to be successful. And we're going to give you everything when you leave the store to be sure about what you're doing and and to be uh, to be proud about what you're doing, too. So we'll we'll take care of that here and we'll get you a nice plant and give you all the instructions for when you get home. All right. Well, you are over the Marietta store and there's multiple other locations throughout Metro Atlanta. How do we find our nearest Pike Nursery? PikeNursery.com and other social media outlets and Please remember, uh, not only my store, but all stores right now are looking for really good spring uh, candidates to come work alongside our teams. And you can apply on our website, but we even still like people to just walk in our stores, find me or find another manager. And uh, we'll try to see what we can do about getting you on board. How fun. I love that. Well, Charles, you go back and enjoy the store. Enjoy the customers. Thank you so much for your time this morning. And thank you, Ashley. Have a great day. You too. Always a pleasure. And coming up, we'll quickly get through the top three things to do in the landscape this weekend and maybe this upcoming week as well. Stay tuned. I'm Ashley Frasca. You're listening to WSB. For one final time during my show, anyways, the weather update brought to you by Finley Roofing. So I want to remind you, next Saturday, the guys from Premier Tree Solutions, ChopMyTree.com, will be in studio with us, Raphael and Jeff, to answer your tree questions, anything about tree pruning or tree health. These guys can answer beginning at 7 o'clock. I think they'll stay with me until 9 o'clock if I twist their arm. But uh, I think we have just enough time before we say goodbye for this Saturday for this. Green, green, and growing. Ashley Frasca's top three things to do this weekend.
And it's never goodbye. It's just, I'll talk to you on Monday morning when I do traffic during Atlanta's morning news. But yeah, so for the rest of the weekend, or at least going into the following week, here's some simple things you can do. So number one, I feel like I've spent a lot of time these last few months pruning. Well, it's not too late to cut most of the green foliage off of tattered liriope, liropi, liriope, monkey grass, however you pronounce it. A mower set to its highest setting is usually the best tool for large areas, or I just got down on my knees with sharp hand pruners and was able to cut back those small areas near the mailbox. Number two, you can still plant roses. Pick a spot where they'll receive at least six hours of sun a day, ideally more, and make sure to break up that dirt really well where they are to be planted. And think about that. We talked with uh, Charles Lampkin at Pike Nursery about good spots to plant blackberries and blueberries and raspberries as well, breaking up that that clay soil, and especially with those berries, the acid-loving, you may need to use like a holly tone or something like that. And number three, pansies usually love the cold weather. They've got a little stressed with the heat, so still be cutting those back, deadheading those, and hopefully they're still thriving. Give them a little shot of fertilizer. Make sure to keep them regularly watered when the temperatures have been this high, but fertilizer, something water-soluble, a houseplant fertilizer, even Osmocote, something like that is going to do them just fine. It's been a great Saturday morning. I so appreciate Appreciate you, as always, stopping by and listening to the show from 6 to 9 o'clock every Saturday morning. And finally, starting to do a little more with the uh, website as well. If you go on wsbradio.com slash green and growing, you can see my latest blog posts from uh, the newsletter that goes out every other Friday to WSB listeners. Also, some Q&A from you and pictures you submit asking me what's going on with this plant. I can help you out. Plus, you can listen back to the show at your leisure again on WSB Radio. Radio.com slash green and growing. And one more reminder from me that it is going to freeze tonight. Protect those plants. Don't forget to bring them in. Cover what you can. I know a lot of you are concerned about things that you're seeing brand new buds on and maybe some things already flowering. So very important to cover those plants with whatever you got. Make sure the covering goes all the way to the ground. And remember to take it off once it starts to heat up tomorrow. Have a great weekend. See you next Saturday.